Are we living in the last days? People are looking around at the events of the world and they're asking, what is going on? And that is exactly what we're going to talk about in today's edition of Awakened to Grace. My name is Chad Roberts, and today we're going to walk through the all-important chapter of Mark chapter 13. And this is where Jesus, three times, is going to tell us, stay awake, be on guard. And Jesus told his followers, he said, what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Well, we're going to talk today about how a Christian should view the events that we're watching unfold in the world. And friends, we're going to see how the Bible is a step ahead of every bit of it because the Bible predicts it all. We are living in exciting days. And when you understand the word of God, when you understand that God is in sovereign control of everything going on in the world today, well, you know what it's going to cause us to do? Exactly what Jesus told us to do. Look up for our redemption is drawing nigh. Well, today we're going to be in Mark chapter 13. We're in a greater series called Walking with Jesus. And I hope you are walking through the pages of the gospel of Mark with us. If you've missed any of our series, then I want to encourage you to download my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. And if you would like, you could visit our website, awakentograce.com. You can go to the sermon section. You can go to the podcast section where you never miss a sermon. Hundreds of free sermons, life-changing content right at your fingertips. Well, today we're going to go to God's Word. We're in Mark chapter 13, and I believe you are going to gain a world of hope, a world of confidence for living in the days that you and I are living today. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Awakened to Grace. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 13 today. We've been in a series since January, marching through the gospel of Mark. And today we come to such an important chapter. I want to walk you by God's grace through chapter 13. You pray for me, as you know, I'm blind and I cannot see the text, so I do my best to memorize. And I want to walk you through a number of passages today. And I've got it all locked up in the vault. I just, the scriptures are the combination to get it out. So you pray I get the right combinations today. I love Mark chapter 13. However, I want to argue today my case that I believe that Matthew 24 and Mark 13 are different scriptures than Luke chapter 21. What have we learned through our gospel of Mark? We've learned Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called what gospels? Hey, you're on it. Synoptic gospels. What does synoptic mean? Syn, S-Y-N. It's where we get our English word synonym, the same. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the same content, many the same stories, but optic. Perspective, vision, optical. 
It's from a different lens, a different view. The same content from a different perspective. And I am of the persuasion that when you examine Mark 13 and Matthew 24, 25, those are the same, that, I should say that is the same audience, but I believe the audience of Luke 21 is a different audience. And so one of my main goals today, as we walk through this scripture, is to show you why I believe when Jesus says, this generation shall not pass until they see these things fulfilled. What does he mean? I believe Jesus is speaking about one generation in Matthew 24 and Mark 13. And he's speaking to a whole different generation in Luke chapter 21. And I'm going to show you biblically why I believe that. Now, I want to talk as we begin to think about Mark 13. I want to talk to you about the days in which we are living The key verse for chapter 13 is verse 33. Jesus is going to say to his people, be on guard. As a matter of fact, you may want to write this next to your chapter. He's going to say be on guard on three separate occasions in chapter 13 alone. Be on guard. Stay awake. Because you do not know the hour that he's coming. Verse 37, the last verse of the chapter. He's going to say, what I say to you, I say to all. Stay awake. I don't know about you, but that just sends a shiver down my spine. I think stay awake. That means the potential is that we will fall asleep. That means that the word for the church of our day, the word for the church of this hour is do not grow drowsy. Or we may say this, don't grow distracted, but stay on guard, stay awake. What a word for this hour. There's something that I'm greatly concerned about for our culture, and that is called a normalcy bias. Anyone ever heard of the term normalcy bias? A normalcy bias is someone who says, well, things are bad, but they're not going to get worse. Things have never been this bad, but I don't think they're going to get any worse than they are. Friends, a normalcy bias is why those precious and poor Jews of Nazis Germany did not leave. When they began to target Jews and they began to close their shops, they began to ban them from churches, when they made them wear the golden star of David, many of those poor and precious people said, things are bad, but they're not going to get worse. Friends, a normalcy bias is why those poor and precious people of New Orleans didn't leave when Katrina struck. They had every warning. They knew the potential. They knew the danger. But what did they say? They said, the levees have never broke. Normalcy bias. 
those poor and precious people of the Ukraine that we pray so fervently for right now today. And by the way, I've done a special teaching, a 40-minute teaching. We purchased a website domain called RussiasEndGame.com. I want you to note that because it airs Friday. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not right. Don't write that down. It airs Wednesday. Everybody say Wednesday. Wednesday. April 6th. We've taken an ad out in the paper. And April 6th, Wednesday, it's going to go live. Russia's endgame.com. See, we know what's happening. No one can figure out what Putin's thinking. We, no, we know what. You know why we know what's happening? Because Scripture tells us. We are children of the day, not children of the night. Back on point. Why do those poor and precious people of Ukraine not leave? Beginning in October, they began to watch Russian troops mount their borders. Friends, they had October. They had November. They had December. They had January. And they had February. And what did most everyone in the Ukraine say? Oh, this has always been a threat. Saber-rattling. They've always done this. Normalcy bias. Things are bad, but they've never gotten worse. May I propose to you the church of Jesus Christ. How bad have things gotten in the last five years in our culture? How bad have things gotten in the last ten years? In the last twenty years? And yet here we are today, and yet we're saying as a church, things are bad, but they're not going to get worse. Friends, that's a normalcy bias. And you and I need to have the spiritual vision. We should have the spiritual understanding that Satan is on an absolute rampage right now. And the world and the culture cannot afford for us to be silent. Cannot afford for us to stick our head in the sand. No, you and I should be in the public square with trumpets blasting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Not politics. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I cannot stick our head in the sand. You and I cannot pretend like we're not losing ground that's already been won. You and I have got to take these things head on. In other words, what Jesus said, we must be on guard and we must stay awake. What in the world is Disney doing right now? What are they doing? What? Are, I'll tell you exactly what they're doing. Matter of fact, when we come to verse 12, I'm really going to tell you what they're doing. So don't let me forget that. It's in the vault, but help me get it out. What are we seeing? What is happening? What is going on in the world? Listen, we're not children of the night. We're children of the day. And Jesus has told us all of these things. None of this should shock us. But here's what is the danger for the church. To watch Disney, who many of us give a lot of money to, and to have a normalcy bias 
and say, oh, it's bad, but it's not going to get worse. Wrong, 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 wrong. We better be on guard and we better wake up. Romans 13, 11 says it is high time. Amen. Romans 13, 11 says it is high time to wake up. And let me warn you, my precious church, let me tell our flock this. Many of us with our children, we're like the poor and precious people of Ukraine. We're watching the enemy mount. Come on now, somebody get with me right now. We're watching the enemy mount. And we're sitting in our homes and going, no, no, and saber rattling. It's not going to get any worse. No. We better heed the words of Jesus. When we come to Mark chapter 13, I want you to understand Jesus again is going to reference the temple. We began with the triumphal entry in chapter 11 a couple of weeks ago. He came from the Mount of Olives, entered Jerusalem, came into the temple. And what did he do? He cleansed the temple. And we talked about the significance of that. We saw that he cursed the fig tree. We linked that to the temple. You hear me talk so often in these end time passages about the destruction of Jerusalem by the Roman general Titus in 70 AD. And I'm going to reference that again because I want to show you it's part of the fulfillment of what Jesus said. This generation shall not pass in Luke 21. And I'm going to link that and I'm going to show you all of that, God willing, crystal clear. But here's what you and I need to understand for our text right now in Mark 13. Jesus is coming out of the temple, verse 1. He is leaving the temple. And he's at the Mount of Olives, which is opposite of the temple. And he's going to teach his disciples privately. Verse number 3 tells us, well, verse 1 and 2. One of the disciples says, and you can hear the nationalistic pride in this, in this verse. He says, look, teacher. What marvelous stones, what wonderful stones and buildings. And Jesus said, I'm telling you, not one stone's going to be left upon the other. This whole thing is coming down. Remember what he did? He cursed the fig tree at its root. So we know in verse 3, and we're going to be very sensitive to this, his audience in verse number 3 is a private teaching. It is a private audience with Peter, James, John, And Andrew. So you need to take note of that. Matthew's account and Mark's account. It's nighttime. They're on the Mount of Olives. It's night and is a private audience. This is called the Olivet Discourse. Many Bible commentators link the Matthew 24 Olivet Discourse, the Mark 13 Olivet Discourse. And they link that to Luke 21, and they make it the same. They say it's the same discourse. I'm going to argue differently. According to Luke 21, his audience is the people in the temple. He is teaching in the morning, not at night, in the temple, and the audience is far different. Therefore, I'm going to show you when we get to verse 30, 
I believe that when Jesus says, this generation shall not pass, it is a different generation in Luke 21 than it is in Mark 13. And I will show you biblically, I believe, the difference. So we understand that he's at the Mount of Olives, which he will return to at his second coming. It's highly, highly significant. We understand that it's night and he's teaching his four disciples privately according to verse 3. They're in a private conversation. And then the disciples are going to ask what every Christian always asks. This is the age-old question. Verse 4, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? Are people not asking the same thing today? Have you not asked the same thing lately? Friends, we're just coming out of this global pandemic. And now we're entering into such a conflict that has the potential. Look what China is threatening with Taiwan. The, the potential. Look at Iran and Israel. Look at the instability of the U.S. dollar and oil. Look at all that we're watching on the global landscape. And are we not asking the same question? What's the sign of his coming? Jesus is going to begin to teach us. Let's walk through it and let's understand from the scriptures. Verse 5 is something you need to link to the last days. In verse 5, Jesus is going to say, Take heed, be on guard, that you are not deceived. I want you to understand this. Whenever Jesus in the Bible references the last days, there is a common thread through all of the teachings of the last days all throughout the Bible. And do you know what that thread is? It is deception. And my friends, are we not living in a day of unprecedented deception? I mean, crying out loud, we have a Supreme Court justice getting ready to come to the bench who can't even define what a woman is. Do you know what that's called? That's called two plus two equals five. And people are believing it. It is deception. And what is going to mark this generation? Deception. And Jesus said, this is one of the keys. This is what you look for. This is what you be on guard for. Don't be deceived. And where is the church being deceived right now? Normalcy bias. Oh, things are bad. But they're not going to get worse. Don't be deceived. Verses 7 and 8, Jesus said, you're going to hear of wars. You're going to see nation rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. You'll hear wars and rumors of wars. But listen, he said, these things, listen, the end's not yet. These are the beginnings of sorrows. This is the beginning of what does he say? Birth pains. I would say we've had some pretty strong Braxton Hicks contractions lately, wouldn't you? And what is very interesting about birth pain, it grows. And what does birth pain grow in? It grows in frequency. Are we seeing global events on a more frequent 
escalation? Is everything not a crisis today? <laughs> you know I'm telling you the truth, right? I mean, you, you see it, right? You watch this stuff, right? Birth pains grow in frequency and they grow in intensity. Would that not describe our world today? Crises are growing in frequency and in intensity. Why? Because these are birth pains. It's exactly what Jesus said they would be. Verse number 12 I find highly interesting. Particularly this week. We are all watching what's going on in Florida. We are seeing that this new law that they have passed where it is a parent's rights law. And have you seen the duck dying fit that Disney's throwing? Why? See, I don't care your politics. I want to know what is Satan doing in the earth? I want to know what's his agenda. That's what I want to know. I don't care if you're blue or red or some other color. I don't care. I want to know what is Satan doing. Why is this administration coming out as they did this week on issues like transgenderism and saying this is a hill that we will die on? Why are they doing this? Do you know why? Because, listen what Jesus said in verse 12. Brother's going to come against brother, father against child. And look what it says. And children will rise against parents. Do you know the agenda taking place? See, if Satan can separate children from the values of their parents... Then he has them. And how easy is it going to be when this godless and this wicked spirit of this age separates our children from their parents' values? How easy is it going to be for verse 12 to be fulfilled? That children will rise against their parents. Friends, I believe you and I are watching Scripture unfold in more ways than we are even aware of. But what are we doing? We're watching our favorite shows. We're browsing our internets. We're shopping on our Amazons. And we're letting the spirit of this age take over. It ought not be. Would you say amen to that? Amen. So say, Chad, what do you do? You follow verse 33. You be on guard. You stay awake. That's what Christ tells us to do. Now, verse 12, he says, children will rise against their parents. Now, Jesus is taking us into uh, this prophetic time called the seven-year tribulation.
Thank you so much for listening to our broadcast today. I did want to take just a moment and mention our store. If you go to our website, awakenedtograce.com, just navigate to the store page and you're going to find music by all of our awakened artists and plenty of books by Pastor Chad. Also, while you're on the website, you can view Pastor Chad's story about his blindness and what the Lord is doing through him through Awakened to Grace and through our church, Preaching Christ Church. Thank you so much for joining us today on Awakened to Grace.